We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back for a second OBR film breakdown of the day, season awards, lightning version. We're going to do this as hastily as possible. We're going to we're going to we're going to keep it tight. So I'm going to do a quick intro and I'm going to say what's up to Andrew? How are you, man? I'm great, Jake. Thank you for asking. It's a it's a cool uh Thursday evening here in North Carolina. Mm. Excited for a, a, I have a lighter than usual work Friday. I know you you guys know that feeling where you 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 kind of just look at the schedule and it's like, "Oh, I don't really have a ton on the schedule for friday so it, yeah. it feels like i'm it's not going to be a three-day weekend but i think there's going to be a little a little bit of a vibe like that because it is supposed to be warm tomorrow so i'm doing great sliding into the weekend is how i would say it sun turns six on sunday i've been talking about this all week it's going to be 52 degrees on sunday love maybe that. get out for a little golf take them out for some golf maybe a little soggy golf wet grounds wet let's get our shoes dirty see what's up come home grow socks why not uh, we were also having a jump park party on on Saturday, fellas, where we have we get to bring ten of his class. He invited his whole class. Wife thought it was a great idea to invite every kid. She thought somebody would be offended. Well, I on the on, on the other hand said this is probably the age that they could not possibly care less if they don't get invited <laughs> because they like kindergartners are like blah, 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 well, they're everywhere. They what whatever's next, right? But here we are, fourteen kids coming to a jump park party. Um, a confirmed 15th happened today, and you only get 10. After 10, you have to pay. So guess who's fronting the bill for that? <laughs> your your boy. 21 bucks a kid. So that's great. Le- really loving the news on the uh, Jump Park editions. It better be the best party this kid's ever had. We're looking forward to it. I'll report it- back with any sprained ankles. I have been there many times with him, and I've jumped into the ball pit, thought I might never get out. Like, they have these big foam <laughs> pits. And I'm telling you, you can get so deep in that thing. You're like, you're, you're feeling like you're in a Star Wars movie. Like, you know, you have no way to get out of this. Is thing. it $21 so. per kid or is it 21 for every kid above 10? Above 10. Okay. Well, well I mean, we, we paid a, a flat fee for gotcha. the, yeah. for the right. whole thing, now which was it's just nice. We get the pizza. They clean up yeah. for us. Yeah. They did all that. But yeah, the 21 above the 10 is like, right. yeah, that's, spicy. you're talking some, yeah, you're talking, <laughs> it's cutting into your, your budget. For it sure. is cutting into the budget. And I told Porter it directly comes no out of your gift. Yeah, exactly. Right? I said, no, it comes out of your gift, buddy. Just pre-screen um, the cards. 
that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put kids like on top of kids' shoulders in a, in a, you know, huge yeah, hoodie. Your trench coat budget is yes. what's really, <laughs> that's, really that's what we're trying to, trying to do here. John, what's up, dude? How are you, man? What's going on in, uh, what's going on in your world? You, did you listen to Andrew's review of Oppenheimer? I need to know your thoughts as well. No, no, I didn't get to listen to that yet. He pretty much bashed it the entire. I'm just kidding. He liked it. He liked it. But then we no, went then, down. A, then we went yeah, down a World Jake, War II. Yeah. Jake went down. I did not. I didn't say a word. I just kind of. No, you contributed. <laughs> you were very. Head. You were very much involved in saying you didn't get it either. So don't. Nah, don't. Not ex- not true at all. I've read the book Masters of the Air. I mean, I have a, an entire shelf of my bookshelf that is just World War II books. I can't get enough. Are you of the belief, John, like I am, that there are too many World War II movies? We need to like move beyond it. Or are you like these others who have come after me on the socials or just like you need to live in these victories while you can? I, I'm, I'm curious your thought on this uh, topic. No, I'm done with it, man. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm done with it, too. Are you watching this Masters of the Air? No. It, it feels like a Pearl Harbor ripoff. Like, that's what I feel like I'm watching. Like, I mean, like Michael Bay just blowing stuff up, man. And it's like. Do we, mean, have, think, do we have World War One is more interesting anyway, and I don't even want to watch movies about that. Yeah, I, I think like that's why 1918 was so good to me because it was like, what you're shaking your head? You don't you this don't think pure so? Pure hipster nonsense. Oh my god, I, I like the trench, original better. Give me trench warfare. <laughs> over... Give me the first World War. That was that was when the when the band was still good. <laughs> yeah, they went up and changed on us. They changed on us, man. They made this thing more complicated. Build some trenches. World War II and is just, overproduced. There's too many yeah, layers. Yeah, come on, man. Give me a war horse, and we're good. We're good here, okay? Uh, all right, we're off in the we're out in the weeds. This is what we do on the second episode. Um, but we have a list of awards. Let's dive into those. So we're going to go around the group. We have um, offensive MVP, defensive MVP, where you can't pick Miles Garrett. Just a heads up on that. That is a caveat because he's going to be the NFL's MVP on that side. Unexpected player of the year. So somebody who came out of nowhere and surprised you. The rookie of the year. Most improved and most disappointing. Are we comfortable with the categories, guys? Any other questions before we start? I'm good. Andrew, good. Yeah, I think I think there's it really covers it. The one is gonna that's gonna be tough is unexpected. There's like six guys, but Ooh, that's all yeah. right. I can't wait to hear if we have some differences on those. All right, here we go. Offensive MVP, Andrew, you hit lead off. It's between two players for me. Uh, Don't say I, both of them. Just pick your guy. Right. Yeah, no, I'm I I'm just saying it is between two players for me. <laughs> And I will go with Amari Cooper. My thinking is essentially, if he if you don't have Cooper, your wide receiver group, it really does. And I think we saw this a little bit when he missed a little bit of time at the end of the season. You, you're just completely absent uh, difference makers. And he really was. I mean, that, that game in Houston. But throughout the season, he was so reliable and, and so necessary to make their offense work, considering they couldn't run the ball. It's a good answer. John, we'll go to you. And a reminder, you don't have to be contrarian in these. It's okay if we have crossover answers. Yeah, I had I had Cooper as well. I mean, I thought about it a bit. And, I mean, he's just, like Andrew said, I mean, he, that's all we really had this year. So, I mean, you know, with without that, I have no idea how many wins. I, I think to, since I'm answering last, I'll, I'll say the other guy I consider was David. Um, yeah, who, that's the other really name. came on. And it's amazing too, that like Flacco would even enter my brain. Like 
for five games of that guy to play all year to be like, you know, maybe he was the most important part of what they did offensively. It didn't, you know, it's not the answer, but it's at least like a kudos to him for Even figuring out a way to make that sort of footprint on the season. But the, yeah, I think, go ahead, Andrew. If you want to be overly clever by half, the other name here is Nick Chubb because <laughs> yeah, their running yeah. game cratered without him. So a- absence is the, is the proof of whatever. And so there you go. I, I, I said that pretty well. I wouldn't, he nailed it. I wouldn't argue with you on that. I think it's proven itself here. Um, but, but Cooper's the right answer, just their most dynamic weapon. And like in those PJ Walker games, making some really huge plays, like the San Francisco game, the two catches he had in that game were ridiculous. Some of these games where they just had nobody else on the outside that could really separate themselves. And then also in the same season, he broke the Browns single game receiving yards record too, which is uh, especially noteworthy. So Cooper, fire answer. I think that's fine. Defensive MVP, non-Miles Garrett version. Um, Andrew, you hit first last time. So John, you're up first. This one's really hard without having Miles, which is the obvious answer. But I mean, because there's now then a group of guys you could probably choose from for it. you know, And that kind of maybe more speaks to um, – Jim Schwartz, really, mm-hmm. more than anyone. You know, if if you're going to take Miles out of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna name Schwartz probably the defensive MVP for coming in and putting the talent together. I, I I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but I think that's a fair answer. Would you argue with that, Andrew? Does he go outside the realm on that, or is well, that fair? I, I mean, I would just say I would just make the observation that MVP has the word player in it. That would be oh, my fair that would be my my main. But that's semantics, and I'm not here to play semantics, so. I think I think it's a great point. I, the The biggest difference between this defense last year and the defense this year was Jim Schwartz. There's no doubt about that. He deserves mm-hmm. the lion's share of the credit. When I think about players that are emblematic of what Schwartz did, the transition between Woods and Schwartz, the player that I think of is Grant Delpit, because it was that was a player that we thought might not see a second contract, might not be on the field full time after they signed Rodney McLeod, and he was their best safety. So, and I think they felt his absence, especially in that playoff game, right? So, to me, that's a player that you saw what John's talking about. You saw that happen through his performance from last year to this year. So, that's that's my pick. Okay, fair. Um, John, if you had to pick a player, who would you pick? Just just quick, just a quick pick there. I mean, it probably it probably would have been Emerson, to be honest. Okay, fair. Um, I would pick JOK, led the team in tackles, 101 of those things. He led them in tackles for loss as a linebacker. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that he pretty much went from being like a traditional will linebacker who does that role to being like Jim Schwartz by the end of the year saying, we can't keep him off the field. We cannot take him off the field anymore. So um, that's actually hard to do for a non-Mike linebacker to get a coach to be like, we have to he, he no matter what he's on the field. Uh, it, it speaks uh, it speaks levels. But you guys are both right. Emerson was really good this year. Delpit proved to be, and he got another contract because he's showing who he can be. So a lot of great answers there. And I will ask too, Andrew. I know you got something to say, but like off of what you're going to say, are we now like how far has the pendulum swung on Jim Schwartz? Has right. there ever been like a quicker? This has been great. This is awesome. Love what he's doing to like this playoff game. Like being a shot of tequila when you were expecting water and a water you're in college and you tried to take a drink of water out of a bottle and it's like oh that's tequila that's awful i feel like that's what happened in that playoff game 
It was a rude awakening. The only thing I was just going to say was I th- I think the three names that we named are their their second through fourth best defensive players. That's fair. And I think Zedaria Smith is is right in there. But those those and the exciting thing is that those are all three draft picks, right? Of of this front office. That's mm-hmm. meaningful stuff. Miles Garrett, first overall pick, not hard to do. That was consensus number one pick. Delpit. JOK, Martin Emerson, those are fines. Those are guys that none of them are first-rounders. It's very exciting to me when you're talking about those guys being in the core of the defense. To your question, Jake, I think it's – it. I'm hoping that at this point it's an overreaction, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was one game. I, I know that Schwartz is stubborn. There's no doubt in my mind that he is stubborn. I don't think that he's so stubborn that he won't – be a little bit humbled by that experience because it was very public and it was very, very bad. Good, good way to say it. I think the other person, uh, honorable mention there's Denzel, um, probably deserves credit when they miss him. They, they're just not, they're just not the same. Right. If he was on the field for all the games, he probably would be the, the, the definite answer to this, but he can't stay healthy. Most uh, interesting category coming up next unexpected player of the year. So, uh, I will go lead off on this one. There are so, like, like you guys said, so many answers that make sense. I'm going to, to me personally, because Flacco was only there for f- like five games, six, including the playoffs, I'm not considering him for this. Um, you know, get mad at me if you want. I think the guy that has surprised people more than anybody, I would feel comfortable taking Maurice Hurst. He, there was no expectation for him to even make the roster. So like, he couldn't stay on the field the, fa- the past three years. He kept getting hurt. Now, ultimately, it sucks because it did end after 13 games with him getting hurt again. But I think we can all agree that when he was playing, that's still a dynamic defensive tackle. He was playing really good multi-phase football, and that wasn't phony. And they were putting him on the field a lot. You know, he's like the thing Schwartz does. We, we it's well documented, and we know this now. It's like pretty much get after the quarterback, get upfield, and create chaos however you can. And that freedom for him was the best version of him. So, like, I had no expectation for who the heck was going to be the answer behind. Like, I felt relatively good about Shelby Harris, and we knew Dalvin Tomlinson could play. I mean, you could make an argument that that Maurice Hurst played the best of any of those guys, and that is pretty damn unexpected for what they got him for. So I'll go with Hurst to you, John. Uh, I mean, I'm a, first of all, I'm a Hurst truther. So <laughs> that's a guy I wanted during the draft every single round as he dropped yeah. further and further. Remember, remember people started making you feel guilty for wanting him because he had the heart issue. I remember that so vividly. Yeah. It was like, well, draft him. Like, why would you draft him? It's just, a, it's like the doctor said he can play and he wants to play. Like, what do you want me to do? Just like he, that, that's like, it's mean to him. He wants to do it. You know what I mean? I remember that so vividly. People were like angry about that whole thing of like it was oh, yeah. it was the responsibility of teams not to sign him, even <laughs> though a doctor and the player said, I want to play. It was so strange. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so that um, and I hope we get him back. I do, too. Um, but outside of him, maybe and this is partially on me, but Alex Wright. Um, you know, I, after the first year, and I know he had a lot to learn, um, you know, coming from a smaller school and all that kind of stuff, just didn't really see much at all. 
mm-hmm. um, and he came on to the point where now they're might be comfortable moving forward with him, you know, instead of paying big money on that side. That's, that's pretty, that was not expected at least on my end. Yeah. I don't think it's a certainty with Alex, but I think that like coming into last, like, well, this year, there was a question of whether he was going to stick like at all. So for him to prove worth and like flash some stuff and have, I think he had three or four straight games of a sack in the late stretch of the season. Yeah. He was on a heater for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's proven to be at minimal a rotational piece here. And I, and I think that like, if they believe Okoronkwo can be the frontline guy, maybe they draft another or Isaiah McGuire develops and then you don't have to pay as a Darius Smith. We'll see what they ultimately do, but that's, that's the sort of growth from uh, Alex Wright that you needed to see. And you saw a lot of it. So encouraged by that. Andrew, what do you have? I appreciate the two of you leaving me the uh, correct answer, even though I'm going third. It's Dewan Jones, for sure. Without a doubt. We're waiting. Are you going to talk uh, through this? He played really well as a starting right tackle as a fourth-round draft pick. Okay. It's hard to do in the NFL, and he did it really well. That's yeah. unexpected. Yeah, you could also say Ronnie Hickman came on pretty unexpected. Um, DeAnthony Bell. There's there's a lot of names I think are fair. Um in this regard, I, I definitely Dewan is more than fine. I mean, he's obviously the rookie of the year. We don't have to spend much time on that yep. at, at all. That's um, where I had him on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's almost so obvious that I had to say maybe we pick a rookie of the year without him. But then I was thinking, like, who's that? Hickman. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Hickman. He's an undrafted yeah. Although guy. Although Cam, so. Cam Mitchell. Yeah, he had some moments. He had some moments yeah. for sure. Um, tough to lose Dewan and obviously him getting hurt, the, the discrepancy between him and you know, uh, what we saw from James Hudson was pretty yeah. stark. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely think that I definitely think that one was uh, one of the most possible correct answers. I'm not here to say Andrew's like 100 percent right on that, but it's it's in the realm of the most possible. Correct. <laughs> I wish everybody could have uh, seen Jake's face when I <laughs> yeah. came in so confidently with that. Well, it was the dramatic pause. Like, come right. on, man, get yeah. to your get to your answer. This guy. Um, yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. it, it, it Duan is a huge part of their operation going forward, both figuratively and literally. And uh, hopefully the next offensive line coach prefers him. All right. So let's do most improved next. So again, a lot, I think there's a lot of choices here. So you're not, you're eliminating, I guess you could say a rookie from start to finish of the year, but that I don't think there are any candidates in the rookie field, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious, Andrew, you go first on this one. This is this is a tough one for me. I think maybe the answer is Jordan Elliott. But I also think that maybe that's because of what was around him last year and then what was around him this year. So beyond that, I think Wyatt Teller had a much better year this year than he did last year. Uh, huh? I think Martin Emerson. I'm just naming a bunch of names now, which is not the spirit of this thing. I'm I'm going to go with uh, yeah. I'll you do go- like- Quinting, a lot of maybes. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan Elliott. That's my guy. All right, Jordan Elliott. He did become a quality piece of the rotation, which is an upset uh, based on some stuff we'd seen him from him from recent years. So, John? Um, this would be the exact opposite of what Andrew just described, which would be maybe, maybe Njoku. I mean, he, you know, I think he ascended finally um, at the end of this year in a way that um, is very meaningful 
and uh, is going to really impact the the offense. So, like he just you know he's been steadily improving, and he was good, but he was never that good. It was like kind of um, you know just reaching that next level is what it felt like. So, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, those are fair. I, I would say that I'm not sure that there's an obvious Dewan Jones-type answer. Even though, as I was looking at it, another contender we didn't mention for unexpected player of the year is Dustin Hopkins. We should have probably mentioned that. We didn't expect him to have that kind of season. And it was a really valuable part of this whole operation. So would have at least been an honorable mention there. Um, I will say Sione Takitaki. I think that obviously he started to make the strides last year. Then the then he had the ACL tear. And like by the end of the season, though, as Anthony Walker was out of the lineup for large portions of the year, he you didn't have many complaints with him. Like he was playing acceptable football at the mic position, which I think is really an encouraging thing, guys. Like, uh, you know, I don't think Sione's like going to the Pro Bowl anytime soon, but uh, would we like them to improve that position? Sure, but I do think as far as a guy from like 
start of the year coming off of an ACL to the finish of the year. He was a really nice functioning part of the of the linebacker unit. And now not he got overtaken by JOK, which is the right move by the end of the year from a sheer talent standpoint. But on the field, doing his job where he was supposed to be, reading things out, I thought he had a pretty nice season. Again, considering coming off of a late uh, late year ACL tear. So I would say that I feel pretty confident that he improved a, a significant amount by the end of the season. I mean, JOK is another guy you could probably make that claim for uh, quite fairly. Um, and I'm looking at the offense, though. I don't. I don't see much as far as an answer there. I, I mean, I could be missing somebody, but David's probably fine because, like you said, John, he gets into the ascension of like a top, like a real Pro Bowl level tight end, right? Um, he probably has another step to make uh, that he he could still get to because he's still young, which is which is sort of amazing. He's kind of just coming into that tight end prime, right? Yep. This age he's at, so uh, excited to see where he goes. So those are those are fair. All right, this category though, a lot of choices. Maybe maybe I'll give everybody two. Maybe I'll give you one on offense and defense, which is weird because they won 11 games. So, like, oh, all these choices we got for most disappointing player, but it kind of speaks to the strange nature of the season. So let's do that. You can take one um, offense and one one defense for most uh, most disappointing this year. Andrew, you can go first. Well, I, I appreciate you giving me two choices. I think – you're going to do that anyway, so uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I I think probably on defense I would go Juan Thornhill. Okay, just in terms of what I was expecting and then what we got. Then you throw in the lingering calf injury that, yeah, I think pretty much ruined his second half of his season. It just, I, I, I'm a like he never got he, off the ground. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't great the way we thought yeah. he could be great in the calf. Exactly. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Do you have another one or not? Oh, I get to do two back-to-back. Okay. Uh, In that case, let me say Elijah Moore. Yeah. For a lot of the same – he didn't have an injury, but it was the same thing where the billing coming into the season – this happens a lot in the NFL. Acquisitions are supposed to really change your team, and they are instead more of a slight upgrade, which is okay, but it is ultimately quite disappointing. Fair. Both of those are fair. Um John, you're up. What do you got? Uh, maybe Newsom. You can say that with confidence because that was my guy too. You don't have to. You could take the maybe out. <laughs> just saying. Just yeah. Saying I mean, from the start of the year to maybe not doing a second contract was not a path that I thought we were headed on with him. That's so, that's so fair. The easiest way to say it. Yeah, that is. Uh, I think when Newsom makes a mistake, he really makes a mistake. And like, there were moments this year where I thought he was a better nickel than the year before. And I understand this whole sensitivity he had to like requesting a trade. If he thinks he's an outside corner, then stick to that and get trade, like put in a trade request and the Browns should trade him, send him to Denver and bring in Jerry Judy or something like that. I don't know what it is. Make a move. He's an outside corner. You're right, John. Like the first year, he was highly effective as a rookie out there. In the last two, he's stunk inside. It's not good enough. Better this year than last year, but the bar was low. So I, I'm I'm with you on Newsom. I, I I don't even like. I don't even really have to look very far for that one. I feel pretty confident that that's the guy I thought that they were going to get 
something significant out of with it, like, you know, his attitude being revised and being excited about the position and it never arrived in the way we thought it would. Who's your most disappointing on offense, John? Maybe Hudson. I mean, just being absolutely nowhere after what, three years. Um, I mean, some of those were worse things than I felt like I saw as a rookie when he got thrust in there. I can't remember who got hurt. But uh, he, he was like passed. starting the opener of uh, 22. Like he was the right tackle for a little while. I do feel like he's gone in the wrong direction. Yeah. Not improved. Do you, um, do you guys think he's a guard? Cause I do. I think he's a guard. I don't think he's meant to play in space. I'd put some weight on him and play him as a guard. Thoughts on that? Because I don't think the tackle thing is working here. I think it's his last chance to stick with this team, but I also think if the offensive line coach is changing, it might be a clean sweep. He might there might be some of these depth guys that just get washed out in this whole process. That's it's a bummer. After the early part of the career, I remember. I mean, I even wrote like, "There's a path to this guy being a starter," and it is. Uh, it has not gone in the direction that we hoped. Um, for me on offense, it really hurts to say this. Um, Joel Batonio didn't have a very good year. He, he, this is the first year where Joel Batonio, although he received like some pro bowl recognition, I think he received like one of the 17 different voting categories for all pro. He found his way onto one of those lists. So I'm probably picking nits here a little bit. You could probably just say the running back room end and be done, but like he took some steps in the wrong direction. I, I think in, again, if you guys want to call me off base here, you're welcome to do that. But like, I thought there were moments this year where he looked overpowered. Like he was like his, he was put into the quarterback's lap via bull rush more than I can ever recall. Now he's dealing with stuff, the knee injury in the, in the back by the end of the year. But like, that's a part of rolling into these discussions for most disappointing. So I, I mean, I don't want to start thinking about the beginning of the end for him because I, I don't like the th- thought of the Browns without Joel Batonio around. But I thought this year is the first year that I've looked at tape and been like, okay, maybe he's going to have to start having that conversation at some point in the next few years about about when this is just not going to work for him anymore because there there were just there were some real moments where I'm like Joel does not get moved around like that, and it was happening to him, and he missed some like line exchanges and stuff like that, so. Maybe he's due for a bounce back year if he gets healthy and right and all that stuff, but he's definitely on the wrong side of the slope. So um, pains me to say Joel Batonio. Uh, any other thoughts before we close, guys? Those are our awards for the year. Any other make-believe awards you want to put together? Well, like, honorable mention for most disappointing is Deshaun Watson. I, I was going to say that's a question. I thought somebody was going to say it, but yeah. I definitely think he qualifies. Thought I think the thought that he was going to be himself – after the end of the season in 22, that certainly was not the case. So if that if that was the threshold that many of us thought he was going to get back to, you can certainly say disappointment is uh, is in place. A lot of nerves heading into the coming season. Anybody else defensively we missed who could be up for that? Uh, most disappointing. Did they, do you think they got enough out of Dal- was Dalvin Tomlinson what you expected? Maybe an honorable mention. I think that's the other name that you'd have to consider just because of the size of the contract. But I think you almost want to take that room as a whole and, and say that, that they were so much better than last year that you have to give him some of the credit for raising the floor. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Yeah, it's got an Austin Hooper feel to it. I hope it doesn't go the way Austin Hooper's contract did in year two. That's a great point. Um, Because Hooper's year two was like, we can't keep this guy around. And unfortunately, Andrew Barry's done a lot of great things, but there have been like a free agent every class where it's like, this guy's not going to finish his contract. It was Hooper, then it was John Johnson, and now it's potentially, if Dalvin Tomlinson has another rough year, you're looking at the same sort of thing. So, Um, But that's it. That's a show. John, listen, dude, thanks for hanging out with Andrew and I. We're a couple losers, so... You know, you're you're in the club. You know the loser. <laughs> Welcome in, dude. We appreciate you being here. No, I appreciate it. I'm way past my bedtime. Yeah, I got to get you guys a couple glossy-eyed <laughs> dudes in front of me right now. I got to get these guys off to bed. We're going to hang it up. We're done for the night. For Andrew, myself, and John, thanks for stopping by. If you disagree with our awards, I'm sure you'll find us on social media and yell at us. Take out your frustrations. Continue to send in those um, recommendations for Andrew's dog name. There was a really great um submission today from ryan l uh that i i'm gonna eventually share on the pod because it's so in-depth and thorough um i need to share it so we'll get there andrew hasn't named this dog yet i hope so that we can keep this open and uh and keep keep uh the ideas rolling in right that's right yeah i'm just waiting until somebody on social media tells me what to do okay well hopefully um you don't name him world war one so all right that's good that's enough for today and we'll be back another podcast Hot and ready for you on the weekend. It's going to be interesting because we have to find some talk about. There's literally nothing to preview. This is the first weekend we haven't had something to like predict or preview for uh, a long time. Maybe we could predict the Senior Bowl. We can talk rugby. You want to talk rugby? Rugby's happening this weekend. Yeah, sounds exciting. Now who's glossy-eyed? The best player in their universe is coming to play. That's American exactly football. right. So they lost all credibility. Um, all right. All right, we're out of here. Thanks for being here. Rate and review the pod, all that fun stuff. Have a fantastic Friday evening uh, for us here at the OBR Film Breakdown. Be well. Have a great Friday. Go Browns. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.